You may not realize it, but a good night's sleep is essential for a child's growth and development and certainly for our teens. And many studies have shown that poor sleep quality in children is associated with many different issues, attentional, learning, memory, weight, so many things. My guest today is Dr. Anita Bola. She's a sleep specialist and medical director of the Edith Kerr's Center for Sleep Medicine at Montefiore Nyack Hospital. Dr. Bola, I'm so glad to have you with us today as a mother of two teens. I know how important sleep is. What is the relationship between kids' sleep, school performance, and attendance? Sure. Uh, Melanie, thanks for having me on today. Um, so uh, most most teens do need about, uh, you know, who are 11 to 17 years of age, do need about eight and a half to nine and a half hours of sleep per night um, uh, in order to be alert, productive, you know, healthy and happy. Uh, younger kids could need up to 10 hours. Uh, what the problem is that when kids head back to school, especially after a long summer holiday, they get used to staying up late and sleeping in late. It's a condition called social jet lag, and we all face it as mothers. Uh, and this can lead to difficulties transitioning back to the normal uh, pattern for waking up uh, for school as well as um, uh, or e- even for college as their body clocks are now used to a delayed bedtime. Um, and uh, especially true for adolescents because these are probably the most sleep-deprived of all age groups. As we know, their schedules are packed with homework, um, you know, all kinds of academic demands. Uh, they have so many extracurricular activities going on. And what's also important is that these kids go through a biological change in their uh, sleep during puberty uh, where their bedtime is just naturally delayed. I mean, most adolescents have delayed um, um, sleep times and they become night owls. So when you combine this with early school start times, which is uh, what is prevalent, uh, especially here on the East Coast, you end up with a very sleep-deprived kid. And this is not just true for school kids, but also for kids that return back to college after spending um, you know, a long summer at home or, or elsewhere. So what happens with, with this insufficient sleep is that not only is the kids' memory and concentration uh, impaired, but their academic performance uh, can suffer. So even though a kid may put in an all-nighter um, and they think, oh, you know what, I'm going to stay up till 2 in the morning and, and I'll do great because I studied all night long. Well, guess what? That's not true because uh, on that morning math test, um, you know, you are just so sleep-deprived that you're not going to be able to do well. Um, and... Um, we also know that insufficient sleep, you know, kids who are sleep deprived will have a hard time getting up in the morning. I have an 18-year-old kid who it's so hard to wake him up in the morning and often misses his school bus. So there's tardiness, there's poor attendance. But what is more scary about about the insufficient sleep is that we know from studies now that there are higher rates of mental health issues. Uh, in kids that are, are sleep-deprived, uh, especially in the form of impulsive behavior, um, anxiety and depression. And we know a lot of kids suffer from anxiety and depression. Uh, kids often will uh, use uh, stimulants such as caffeine or even prescription medications sometimes when, when they need to stay awake uh, for a test. And what's really scary is that studies have shown there's a higher prevalence 
of addiction and substance abuse. There are also a higher incidence of drowsy driving-related crashes. And we know uh, from studies that teenagers are a very uh, a very vulnerable group when it comes to um, um, accident-related deaths. So drowsy driving um, in, in teenagers is, is a huge, big issue. So insufficient sleep in teenagers, according to the CDC, is a huge, big public health issue. Well, it certainly is. And, and it is scary to think our teens are driving around on such little sleep and that they're not able to really function adequately. So how early in the summer do we start trying? Because these kids want to sleep all day in the summer, Dr. Bola. So how early do we try and start getting them ready for that back to school routine where they have to be up and get the bus and have their breakfast and get ready for a good day at school and learning. Right. Uh, so, Melanie, I, I, I couldn't really give you the answer to that uh, because kids are going to do what kids are going to do, which is, you know, stay in um, and, and sleep in. But I would say that they do need a sleep tune-up that should really begin at least a couple of weeks before school or college starts. Understand that the our internal body clock, which is housed in our brains, you can't just fool it from, you know, let's say sleeping in um, till noon one day to, you know, having to wake up uh, at 6.30 in the morning for the school bus. It doesn't work that way. You're going to end up with severe sleepiness on your first day back in school or college. So begin early, begin at least a couple of weeks early. Um, and uh, as, as a parent, you need to work with your child to return them to that school-appropriate sleep schedule. You know, I know college students often have the ability to choose their classes late, even they should really start, um, you know, working on on regularizing their sleep schedule. So every night, set an incrementally earlier bedtime. It could be even just 15 minutes early. So for about a week or uh, or so, uh, you know, increase your uh, increase uh, sort of advance your bedtime to about 15 minutes to half an hour early. And every morning, have them get out of bed 15 minutes or 20 or half an hour uh, earlier as well. Uh, till you reach that desired bedtime and rise time, which is school appropriate. So and that'll make sure that when your school actually starts, they'll wake up with the amount of sleep that they need for their age group. Now, sometimes kids will go to camp and, and in camp, they have to sort of wake up early. So that's actually a great thing uh, where uh, somebody else is doing the job for you. Um, now, also, it's important to establish a relaxing bedtime routine. So, um Start off with a quiet time, allow your child to unwind. Uh, for, for younger kids, you know, relaxing activities before bedtime could be a bath or a bedtime story. For older kids, it could be just putting the electronics away and, and uh, um, you know, or, or reading. Uh, but when you, when you actually establish a uh, back-to-school sleep schedule, make sure that the kid sticks with it. Uh, and doesn't use the weekends to catch up on sleep. That is really, really uh, key. All important points, Dr. Bola, so important. Now, I want to go back to when you talked about bedtime routine, because these kids sit on their phone, and then they lay in bed with their laptops, and, of course, screen time is all different now because part of their homework is, you know, on the computer, a lot of it, most of it, in fact. Mm -hmm. So what do we tell them about sitting there on their phones and usually, Dr. Bola, they have those phones next to them so that they're buzzing all night. Give us a little sleep hygiene and how 
how, as a sleep specialist that you are, how we can get them to stop doing some of those, you know, white light, blue light, all of that stuff that goes on before they go to bed. Right. So you're absolutely right. You know, anybody who's walked into their kids' rooms in the middle of the night is well aware that electronics, computer screens are on, the phones are buzzing. You know, I'll walk into my kids' room at two and two in the morning sometimes because I'll see the light on and, and there's notifications coming through. It's horrible. Uh, so not only is the noise distracting, but these devices also emit, as you mentioned, a blue light. And blue light emitted from uh, all these electronic devices, such as computer screens, televisions, smartphones, iPads, and what have you. Um, this blue light it prevents the secretion of melatonin. Now, melatonin is a hormone that is secreted by uh, a pe- the pineal gland in our brain, and it is the the hormone that's responsible for inducing sleep. And, and it's it's paradoxical that people who can't sleep will actually go and uh, buy melatonin and and take melatonin, which is a, as a sleeping pill um, available over the counter, when actually your own brain is secreting melatonin uh, at night. All you need to do is shut these devices off. Um, so this blue light, by preventing the secretion of melatonin, it delays the kid's bedtime even further. So now you've got a kid who can't even go to sleep, plus the, the noise, the notifications, et cetera, et cetera, from, from all their phones buzzing. Um, they, need to, um, they need to really uh, start using these blue light blocking filters that are available for screens. Um, there are blue light blocking glasses available. There are even uh, amber colored light bulbs that are available. So it's really, really important to use these. And it's important in this age of um, social media and internet addiction that you have, as a parent have this very nasty but important task to initiate a digital curfew for the entire family. It's very hard to do, um, uh, but you need to set an example yourself and you need to set a time when you and your kids will turn all the electronic devices off for the night and you'll put your phones on the silent mode. And as far as, you know, homework on the computers, well, as I mentioned, you know, these blue light blocking filters would be helpful. But again, you know, doing your homework earlier would, would also be a good idea. Yeah, that certainly is a great idea and one that I work with my children all the time trying to get them to do. So, Dr. Bola, your best advice. You've given us so much great advice today about the importance of teen sleep and quality sleep for our teens and getting them up, getting them ready. So wrap it up for us, what you would like us to know about teens and sleep and getting them into that good bedtime routine. Right. Um, so, so Melanie, I would say that the most important thing is um, kids need to be educated on um, on 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 bedtime routines. Um, they they need to be part of the education process. They they need they they need to be your partners in this. Um, you shouldn't really have to enforce these rules because the kid will sneak in that phone when you know you've turned your back. So they, they really, you need to educate them on how important it is for their well-being, for their, for their uh, not only mental and physical well-being, but also for their academic performance to stick with these uh, bedtime rules. Um, and if you have to uh, impose a digital curfew for electronics, well, then, then you need to. But also educate your kids on eating well and, 
exercising regularly, um, and they should not be eating a heavy meal close to bedtime because this may prevent them from falling asleep. Uh, also, exercising daily would be a wonderful idea, but not close to bedtime as exercising close to bedtime can heat up the core body temperature and it's not conducive to good sleep. So exercise sometime in the evening. Um, kids should avoid caffeine. They should be aware of the fact that sodas contain caffeine, most of sodas, so they should read the label. Um, and they should really stop drinking caffeinated beverages after uh, in the afternoon, evening, or, or at nighttime uh, because caffeine can have a long half-life and it can hang around in the body for long and it can interrupt the kids' natural uh, sleep patterns, making it difficult for them to fall asleep. So avoiding anything with caffeine in it. And um, also, if you're the parent of a high school kid, you may consider advocating for delaying uh, the school start times. And, you know, there are cities such as Minneapolis where um, school start times have been delayed, let's say, to 8.30 a.m. And studies showed that there was less rates of depression, less rates of obesity, the grades improved, um, uh, attendance uh, was better, there was less tardiness, and there was less car accidents. So the American Academy of Pediatrics has been recommending and kind of pushing for middle and high school uh, times to be delayed, uh, that they delay their um, uh, classes. Uh, where I live um, in in New York, we, you know, in some of the schools, they have started actually, they were successful in implementing this. Um, so I think that's a great uh, thing. And then most important, be a role model for your kids. Set a good example yourself. You need to have a good uh, regular sleep cycle and maintain a home that promotes, um, you know, happy, healthy sleep. Great information, great advice. Dr. Bola, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise with us today. That wraps up this episode of our Health Talk podcast. For more information or to schedule a consultation appointment, please call 845-348-2209 or head on over to our website at montefiornayak.org slash teensleep to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast as helpful as I did, please share on your social media with your friends and family and your teens, and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Melanie Cole.